I'm Callie Crossley. This week on Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. It's been said, poor is the nation that has no heroes. Shameful is the nation that having them forgets. Taking the time to honor those who gave their lives for our country and left behind a future full of dreams, opportunity, and time with their children and spouses. We pay tribute to Gold Star families and their loved ones' sacrifice. Later in the show, a tasty tour through New England without leaving the comfort of your couch. WGBH's new show, Weekends with Yankee, spotlights our region's traditional and evolving cuisine. But first, joining me by phone from Reston, Virginia, Colonel John J. Lindsay, Vice President of Operations for the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation. The foundation provides scholarships and educational counseling for military children who have lost a parent in the line of duty. Hello, John. Hi, Callie. And joining me in the studio, Danny Fanoff rising senior at Suffolk University and a scholarship recipient through the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you both because I think people vaguely knew the term gold star families before uh, the latest, certainly the latest wars and when the, the young veterans have come back. But I think what really crystallized it for a number of people, I know it led to searches on Google, was when Kazir Khan, gold star father of United States Army Captain Humayun Khan, who was killed in 2004 during the war in Iraq, delivered a speech at the 2016 Democratic National Convention. The Khans are Pakistani, and uh, Captain Khan, his son, was awarded the Bronze Star Medal and Purple Heart for saving the lives of his men after ordering them to step back as he went forward to investigate and engaged. And he, of course, was killed in an explosion. Just a little clip from Kazir Khan. Our son, Himayun, had dreams, too, of being a military lawyer. But he put those dreams aside the day he sacrificed his life to save the lives of his fellow soldiers. So, Colonel Lindsay, make it clear for people who've heard the term but are not quite sure what it means, Gold Star Families. Well, a Gold Star family is a family including mom, dad, brother, sister, who are related to a service member who die in the line of duty. And, and this term has evolved over the past 100 years or so and, and now encompasses a very, very large group of our population uh, due to the over 1 million people in our nation who have died in service to the nation. Why was there a need or why is there continued to be a need to have this designation? Well, I think it's recognition of the sacrifice. The idea of, of service began in uh, at least identifying these families began in World War One, and families of, of service members flew banners with a blue star. And then over time, that star, when a service member died, that star was turned to gold. And I think it is a, is a way that we can share in the loss of our friends, neighbors, people that live in our towns, and we remain aware of of that sacrifice, and Memorial Day is, is a time to do that. So let me turn to Danny. You're 21 years old now. You were 10 or 11 when you lost your dad? I just turned 11 in August. 
And tell me about your dad. Who was he? Give me his name. So my dad was Staff Sergeant Joseph E. Fanoff. He was 38 when he died. We were from this very small town, about like 2,000 people, so he's very well known around my community, always volunteering, always helping. Where was your community? I live in a small town called Eastwood, Connecticut. <laughs> very small, mm. boonies. Mm. He was from Putnam. He like moved around a lot when he was little, but mostly stayed in Putnam, Connecticut, another small town. He was just great, helpful man. Everyone knew him. So at that age, you've lost your dad and you've got to deal with the emotions in your family. And you have other siblings, by the way. I do. I'm a middle child. I have a younger sister who is nine and my older brother who is 15. So how did this having this support group, this support network interacting in your life, even beginning at a very young age, help you? Community wise, like I swear I we didn't have less than 75 people in my house for the first two weeks he passed away like we had food delivered we just had all my friends were around the whole time they helped with my mom like they just made us seem like the world wasn't going to fall apart and they just kind of lifted us up and guided us and helped us get back on our feet and was it important to you you, you may not have, have been able to articulate this at, at the young age you were to have other people in the house who maybe had experienced what you had yeah looking back at it now I don't think it would have been nearly as easy or comforting, I guess you could say, um, if I didn't have them. Like, my whole road is my family. So my grandparents were right next door. My cousin, who's nine days younger than me, she came down. Like, I just had people constantly around me to kind of, like, distract me and just help be there for me when I needed them. That's my guest, Danny Faniff. She's 21 years old, and she's a member of a Gold Star family because her dad died in Afghanistan. So back to you, Colonel Lindsay, Vice President of Operations for the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation. Here's what I've noticed, and I bet anybody listening would have no- has noticed this as well. You can't go anywhere where you see a service person, certainly in uniform, where somebody doesn't say, thank you for your service. If I fly... They say we're going to allow everybody in uniform. And even if those of you are not in uniform, please identify yourself. We want you to board first. I mean, there are these kinds of recognitions and niceties that haven't always been there. I think a lot of people, maybe even Danny's age, don't know that. Why don't you give us a little context about what it means to have uh, foundations like the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation to pay attention to these families and to recognize the sacrifice of their relatives and their loved ones. Yeah, absolutely. So the Children of Fallen Patriots was uh, established in 2002, and it was based on the personal experience of David Kim, who served with Sergeant Delaney Gibbs uh, in the 7th Infantry Division in, in Panama. Sergeant Gibbs died, and his child had not yet been born. And uh, years after David left the service, he wondered what became of Sergeant Gibbs' family and his child. In 2002, he wanted to do something. He wanted to give back in some way. And the best way that he knew how was to create this foundation, which, as you mentioned earlier, uh, provides college scholarships to military children who've lost a parent in the line of duty. This, of course, happened in 2002 before uh, big presence in Iraq and Afghanistan. And you could say that over the past 15 years, the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation has sort of grown along with the need. And so the need is there. We see the need and, and we share this very sacred space with many other organizations that try to bridge the gap between the assistance that is provided by the government and the unmet need. We all know that college is expensive, and we do what we can to uh, to bridge the gap. 
Well, I guess what I was getting at is that there's been a change in attitude by most people. I think the overarching public response to people who serve, whether or not you agree with the conflict they're involved with, is not to punish them. And that wasn't always the case. That's what I was trying to get you to talk sure. about. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I grew up in the uh, in the 70s. And so this was a, a period of time where we were coming out of Vietnam and it was uh, uh, the attitude toward uh, service members just based on everything that was involved with that conflict was completely different than what we experience today. And most people, uh, most Americans today, don't recall that. And so I, I uh, in my own experience, when I was deciding what I was going to do next when I was uh, in, in high school, decided to go into, uh, into the Army via West Point. And it was with that backdrop of sort of ill feelings towards service members and the specter of Vietnam in the rearview mirror. And it was, um, it was a different time. And so it's been a, a nice evolution to see not only the commitment by our nation and uh, Congress and the leadership to build out the armed forces to the world-class force that it is today, but also the wonderful support that we have from the American people since 9-11. Now, before the evolution, though, Colonel Lindsay, you know, some of that uh, nasty behavior or response to the service people actually extended to their families. So someone like a Danny, you know, she's just born and part of this family, would also not get the kind of support and respect that would come from having somebody make the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of the country. And I wonder if you, in your group, to have dealt with some of those children or relatives who had experienced a little bit of that, in addition to the group of people that you're dealing with now who I'm sure have had a different experience. We do see some of that, and it, it really manifests itself in, in the children of service members who've passed away prior to the passage of the post-9-11 benefits and the benefits that are afforded to service members who died after 9-11 are significantly greater. And I think that's the mo- most tangible way that uh, at least Congress has recognized the, uh, the sacrifice and the service of our service members and our, and our families. So we, we do um, work with, with students and families who, in fact, have a much greater need to bridge that gap for service members who served prior to the passage of that bill. So, Danny, I'd like to know what you say to other young people your age to help them. Maybe they were at the space you were when your dad first died, or or maybe they're beyond that point. I guess if I do or if I were to see them, I would yeah, just let would them know that it's okay. The world's not going to end. Your mother, father, whoever was a hero, and they're always going to be with you. And outside of your community, because now you're in college and so you're in the wider community, do you have a sense that people your age really get what's going on. My sense is that in this country, we have a lot of people who are know the real meaning of having somebody be in service because they've been involved or they love someone, or there are people that are just disconnected because it feels like it's removed from their everyday existence, and particularly in this country. I feel like where I'm specifically, people are very well aware and well involved with what's going on in the world and like the meaning of everything and how significant everything is just because... I I feel like I should have an amazing group of friends and people I know, and they like to educate themselves, and they they just have a good sense of what's going on, like their parents taught them well. Even um, a lot of my international friends are very aware, and they are very knowledgeable about it. 
How do you feel about it? Would you would this be something that you might end up, you know, after college going into service yourself? Actually, <laughs> so when my dad was still alive, we said Regina was going to go to West Point. Mm. That did not happen. Mm. But um, I always said I was going to join the National Guard, and it's still I still toss it around here and there. I don't see myself throwing it off the table yet, but we'll see. It all depends on life and jobs, and but it's not something I would definitely disregard. So here you have this foundation, uh, the Children of Fallen Patriots, working hard for kids like yourself. They're doing other kind of support as well, as Colonel Lindsay can explain. But the chief thing is really to, to, to get you all through school. Talk about what that's meant. When my dad died, they just told my mom that we would be taken care of. That's it. They didn't really give her details and everything happened so fast she doesn't really remember. So I remember when I started applying to schools... Um, I didn't want to go to in-state, which means I couldn't get tuition for free. So we figured out that I'm under the Fry Bill, but that only covers a portion of my tuition. So my mom starts freaking out because we don't have that kind of money. College is so expensive. And um, she stumbled upon Children of Fallen Patriots. Because of them, I now am not drowning in loans. I do not have to work until I'm like 90 to pay them off. They've just relieved so much pressure off of me and my family, and I'm always going to be so grateful for them. Colonel Lindsay. I understand that a lot of uh, folks who return after serving actually don't know about services for themselves. So I wonder if there is a huge gap of families that maybe you have no way of being in touch with who lose someone and don't know that services like as are available through organizations like yours are around. That's a great point and great question. What we typically see when a service member passes away is that the surviving parent, which is usually mom, uh, 97% of surviving spouses are, are, are women. And we like to say that it's uh, one of the biggest women's issues that nobody knows about. Um, what tends to happen with, with mom and, and the family is they go home. They go back to where they came from. In other words, they don't stay at Fort Bragg or Fort Hood or Fort Campbell, Kentucky. They go back to the state that they're from, which is one of the reasons that we serve students in all 50, uh, 50 states. So uh, when they go home, um, their principal uh, thought is to provide for their family, of course. And usually we're talking about families of smaller, younger children. And the furthest thing from the mind of mom is college education for the kids. And so, um, so it is a little difficult to uh, establish and maintain contact over the span of, say, 10 years from the time of loss to the time that a student enters college. And honestly, due to privacy laws, it, it does inhibit our ability to find families who have lost a loved one. So we, we have to get creative in working through uh, both formal and informal networks in order to uh, find, find students and let families know uh, the resources that are available from other sources, uh, in addition to government sources, which, like you said, um, some, some families are, are unaware of, of those as well. 
If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley, and here with me are Colonel John J. Lindsay. You just heard him. He's Vice President of Operations of the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation. Also with me is Danny Faniff, rising senior at Suffolk University. And we're talking about honoring Gold Star families and sending um, members of Gold Star families like Danny off to college through foundations like Colonel Lindsay's. So how do you make that connection finally? I mean, how do they find you? And tell me a story about someone who was found um, after sort of not having any connection and support and just has literally almost had a life turnaround because of the connection that you all can bring. Well, I think those stories happen every day. We have uh, several uh, scholarship administrators who are working the phones and computers every day, and we have the great fortune to connect with uh, family members uh, every every single day. And it is, uh, it is life-changing for many of those young people. And it doesn't always happen as neatly and cleanly as, as you might think. Ideally, uh, we'd love to be working with students all the way through high school and, uh, and then leading up into college and supporting them through the college application process and paying for SAT prep and college application fees and things like that and then uh, working with them all the way through college. But, but it doesn't always happen that neatly. Sometimes, in fact, we, we don't find students until they're in their senior year of college and they've assumed $40,000 in, in student debt. And um, many times we are able to work with those students uh, to uh, pay down a large portion, if not all, of, of those student loans that they've had to take out because they, they didn't know, again, about the resources that are available. We also, uh, I don't want to uh, say that the only folks that we support are folks that are pursuing a college education. It's critically important that uh, people know that we support uh, vocational training as well. Mm. So we have a lot of kids that go to school to be pilots or they go to school to be welders and things like that. Um, so those are, we count uh, among some of our greatest success stories where uh, kids go to um, welding school, learn a trade, and uh, they are out there uh, as productive young citizens at the age of 21, 22 years old with, a, with a no debt and, uh, and, a, and a valuable skill. So um, those, are, those are just a couple of the stories uh, that I hope are helpful. Here's a PSA for your uh, foundation that is talking on the on the clip that you'll hear is the children and wife of Army Lieutenant Marshal Angelo Gutierrez, who died in 2006 in Kuwait. Let's take a listen. The military was my dad's life. He loved his job. He loved his family. He was about a year away from retirement when he died. You feel so isolated. You feel like you're the only one on the planet going through that grief. I was wondering how we would do it, you know, how the education would be completed. They contacted us. You know, they approached us. They were so willing to be there and to help. They started helping, it was just, it was amazing. One of the last things that I promised my dad was that I'd graduate college. He'd be so proud. Just to see how well that I've, I've done in school. Got my bachelor's in international affairs. Working towards my bachelor's in business and hopefully an MBA one day. 
I thought that was very touching to hear from all of those kids and you, Danny, too, about, you know, just how you can, well, just to hear other other folks who are in your same position respond to something as, it, it seems like it's it would be so simple to make a connection, to have some help, to have some support, and that everybody now, or pretty much everybody, the public anyway, is engaged in wanting to do that. And yet there's this huge gap in the connection with families like yours. There is a huge gap. Um, you don't realize actually like how many other people are going through what you're going through because you don't interact with them every day and you don't see them every day so it's like you feel alone but your story is just a little different from everyone else's that you're used to and what do you think about the fact that most of the people that this foundation and then there's many others now that have sprung up are dealing with very young um fallen really uh, because in the past you think about veterans you think about kind of those grizzled old men but your dad was 38 and I, and I think that's fairly typical of the people coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq so he's actually buried in Arlington, and um, like two stones down, me and my sister and my mom were visiting one time, and we saw someone who's only like 19 or 20 when they died, and it just hit hard because that's my age right now. Like, I'm 21. My sister just turned 20. Um, I'm turning 22. But uh, it's just so shocking to see that, like, people are dying so young and sacrificing so young when growing up I always thought that they were, you know, older. What do you want to say to somebody, or what would you like them to know about your experience and again, my guest is Danny Fanoff, and she's 21 years old and at Suffolk University and involved with the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation. So what would you want somebody who has no clue? Because you were just saying, in a lot of ways, you feel very different from so many people that are, you're around because you've experienced something different, and they perhaps, they don't know about that. And it's and it's something so deep that um, it's hard to, you know, make that bridge at least. So I'm actually going to share a story real quick. Um I had a friend in high school whose dad had a heart attack and died. And when I went to go see him that Monday morning, I, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, is there anything I could do? He goes, I feel like you're the only one who understands. And I looked at him and I'm like, I don't understand, though, because my situation is so different. You know, my dad, I saw him in August and it was from August to December when I didn't see him again. So it's like it's not like he like went to go get a glass, like went to go get milk or, you know, was downstairs and something happened. Like I was already not. I guess I could say used to him not being there. So it was just like I just knew he just wasn't going to come back. So it was like a different adjustment, I feel like, than most people have to experience. So it's like it's just different. Colonel Lindsay, um, I fear because we're still in these wars that there will be more Dannys because these these guys and women, mostly guys, though, are young. Well, I think you uh, are probably correct about that. Uh, we have forces deployed in over 100 countries around the world. Uh, we tend to think of um, the most dangerous places, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and um, the Middle East remains a dangerous place, and the world remains a dangerous place. And um, I think due to the leadership role of the United States in, in the world and and uh, the leadership role we play with our armed forces, then that, that's that's probably that's probably an accurate assessment. Yeah, we've lost about uh, nearly uh, 200 people since 9/11, um, which may not sound like a lot, but I mean, in, in Massachusetts, and so you extrapolate that because um, I don't know what the nationwide number is, but that's a lot of people still, and the, and more importantly, that's a lot of families, you know, coping with that loss. 
It is a lot of it is a lot of families, and I think you know nation nationwide, um, you know, in terms of combat casualties, you're talking over 8,500. So there's certainly communities uh, that share that that same burden that that Massachusetts has has borne, um, and that's in addition to uh, frankly uh, many other service members who who pass away in the line of duty from from other uh, other uh, circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, accidental deaths. We have deaths that occur in training. We have deaths due to natural causes. And then importantly, we um, have a lot of deaths in the U.S. military uh, due to suicide. And um, all of those categories are uh, covered by uh, the Children of Fallen Patriots uh, Foundation. Um, we don't we don't discriminate by just folks who served in a particular theater of operations. So a death of a family member, a death of a service member is uh, is the same for for the children and the surviving spouse. So you've been working toward um, really, obviously, overall uh, an awareness raising, but May 13th has a particular meaning. Can you explain what's going on there, what the meaning is and what you're doing? Well, we're... Very excited that uh, many states and municipalities have established May 13th as Children of Fallen Patriots Day within their municipality or their state. Um, we've been working on this initiative for uh, a while, uh, but this year we've uh, been able to reach out to almost all 50 states, and uh, we've been successful in uh, having 12 states. Uh, acknowledge or proclaim uh, May 13th as Children of Fallen Patriots Day, and uh, and that's just one uh, small way that we can create awareness um, on behalf of our surviving families and children. So I'm wondering from each of you, when Memorial Day rolls around, what would you like to see happen? Of course, people make take it as a holiday and everybody's doing the barbecue or the hanging out, but you know, it has deeper meaning for the two of you. When you walk by a war memorial, you might see what seems like a distant date in some distant battlefield. But to the Gold Star family members, it's not distant at all. To them, every day is Memorial Day. For the fallen, it means I gave you survivors and you the protected, a gift that I could only give once. I wonder if, you know, you have a message to the rest of us um, about how we should observe that day. Danny, I'll start with you. I guess just be with your families, appreciate them. But my my biggest pet peeve is when people mix up Memorial Day and Veterans Day. And I think I just want people to be more aware of what oh. Memorial Day is and then what Veterans Day is and the differences. Explain it. <laughs> well, Memorial Day is more for the fallen and Veterans Day is more for the, those currently serving who, who have served. I always share on Facebook the difference, and I always let people know if they don't know. But really just be with your family. Enjoy the time you have with them. Okay. Colonel Lindsay, what about you? I, I love Danny's answer. Thank you for clarifying that, Danny. That's great. Um, <laughs> if people could just know the difference, that would be fantastic. But, um, yeah, you know, I think uh, Memorial Day is a, a, a weekend uh, that sort of e evolved over time since uh, we've first started uh, celebrating uh, or, or commemorating the dead uh, on Decoration Day after the American Civil War a long time ago, and, and sort of it's evolved into sort of this, um, 
you know, big start of summer um, holiday event. And, um, you know, I, I think that as service members, we, we think of why we serve and the reasons that we serve. And um, what occurs on Memorial Day uh, for many service members is, in fact, um, why we do what we do in order to enable Americans everywhere to enjoy their freedoms, enjoy their families. And so what I like to see is I like to see families come together and enjoy the weekend. Um, and if we can honor those who have fallen um, while we're celebrating that, then that would be that would be great. That would be the best of both worlds for me. So we, you explained why um, David and Cynthia Kim uh, created the foundation 15 years ago, um, and we know why you um, gave your service to the country um, in, in the military. Why are you doing this work now? Well, I transitioned from the military or retired from the military after 28 years uh, last, last year, and um, I, I considered a variety of opportunities. Um, this particular foundation spoke to me in a personal way. My nephew, uh, Paul Volke, Major Paul Volke, he was killed in Afghanistan in 2012, uh, leaving behind um, his wife and two small kids, Tracy, uh, mom, my niece, and um, Ben and Andrew. And so um, when I discussed this opportunity with the Children Fallen Patriots Foundation leadership and board. Um, it, it was personal for me, and um, I have seen the need from a very, very up close and personal uh, place. And um, I was, uh, you could say, I was called to, uh, to to do this work. What has been the most rewarding part of it for you? The reward is seeing little successes and we get to see little successes every day and um, it, it is uh, so refreshing to uh, have conversations with moms and uh, students around the country uh, as they navigate the difficult sometimes treacherous waters of uh, both the college application process the college uh, experience and then their uh, entry into uh, life as college graduates. Um, I've helped my own kids uh, navigate those uh, those steps and, and pitfalls over the over the years, and um, it is uh, it's it's really rewarding to see the growth of of students over time. And and Danny can probably add something to that as well. I'm sure. Well, I was coming right to her. So, Danny, what would you say about just your your evolution, your journey since you, um, since you lost your dad and since where you are now? I guess I always promised my dad that I would finish college. He never got to finish college. Um, and so to see and watch all these opportunities unfold before my eyes that might not have happened if he was alive, say, like going to Suffolk and, you know, being able to go to Towson before Suffolk and um, just strive to make my dreams come true and work in public relations and then travel after. Um, I don't know if it would have been possible, especially if it wasn't for Children of Fallen Patriots. Do you sort of have him in mind when Memorial Day comes around and 
You know, I, I don't know what you may go through um, because it's, as you said, it's it's a different experience for you than it might be for me, even if I uh, choose to do a, a formal observance of the day. Of course. Um, I think about them often. I'm very at peace with everything. Um, so I kind of just reflect on, like, the funny parts and, like, you know, his humor and just, like, his presence that he had. But, um, yeah, I always reflect on him, make sure I, I post something on social media and just, like, a little shout out. All right. What would you say to some young kid today that might be learning that they've lost the, the, about the same age you were that they lost their their um, dad or mom? It's going to be okay. Um, you're going to have the help you need. Um, take advantage of the help that you are offered and don't give up. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you, Colonel Lindsay. Thank you, Kelly. Colonel John J. Lindsay is the Vice President of Operations of the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation, and Danny Faniff is a rising senior at Suffolk University and a scholarship recipient through the Children of Fallen Patriots Foundation. Coming up, the traditions of New England are on colorful display in WGBH's new show, Weekends with Yankee. How our regional cuisine is getting an upgrade from seafood to wine to artisan apple cider. That's next. This is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. <laughs>